Dear faithful, today uh, is last week. I believe this is an opportunity to, to share with you some reflections about uh, the destruction that we witnessed in uh, the North Bay over the past two weeks. Uh, by now, it's evident that we all know uh, at least somebody directly or indirectly that was affected by this tragedy. Um, we have family members, we have friends, uh, and truly, we all feel in our hearts as though we have a, a sense of responsibility towards these people who are suffering, and they're suffering uh, for a cause which was completely without rhyme or reason. It was a fire which spread, and thank God that we live in a society that has the means to catch that fire and to, to manage it in a way as best as we're able to so that more people weren't affected. But the truth is that hundreds of people today are homeless and thousands of people have had their lives turned upside down as a result of this fire. Last week I spoke about the importance of giving. But today I want to speak to you about something else. I had the opportunity two days ago on Friday morning at the invitation of the San Francisco Interfaith Council to join a group of pastors and uh, psychologists who would go and uh, support people as they returned to the remains of their homes, particularly in the areas in and around Santa Rosa where the fires have been contained. And so we had the opportunity to, to be with these families during those very difficult moments where they were seeing what was left of their former lives and literally sifting through the remains of it. They had these sifters that they would have to use to look through the ashes to see what sort of things might have remained from the life that they used to have. As you can imagine, this was a very difficult moment in their lives, and the team was just there to offer them support if they should need it. And there were some who didn't feel like talking naturally, and there were many who did, whether it was a matter of sharing their own experiences or asking for somebody to, to just simply be present with them in their suffering. And there were a few circumstances that I wanted to share with you from this experience, which I believe has an illustrative impact on the gospel reading of today. In my wanderings through these neighborhoods that were affected, which, believe me, looked as though, and I was told by one former um, Marine who served in Vietnam that it looked exactly like what an area that had been hit by napalm looked like. He says, uh, you know, this was, the last time I saw this was when I was in Vietnam, when we bombed the village. This is what he said, what, exactly what it looked like. And so... You, um, if you can imagine this devastated area and you look around the horizon to try to see people who are standing atop the remains of their homes and you say, okay, that's somebody that perhaps needs somebody to talk to. So you go and you introduce yourself, you know. There was one woman who I introduced myself to and I asked if, you know, she would like to speak and she told me a story and a story that I want to share with you here today. This, I've shared with some of you already, this story, but this this woman um, and her husband uh, were apparently deep sleepers, uh, and they didn't wake up when they were being uh, warned by neighbors or by you know cars that were driving through with bullhorns. Everybody found out a different way, but nobody apparently came directly and warned them, and they didn't hear what was going on in the neighborhood. And so they woke up very late in the process, and they were already one of the last people to get out of the neighborhood. And they walked outside and they saw this long line of cars that were waiting in the streets to, to get out of where the fire was beginning to spread. So uh, she says, I didn't know what to take with me. I thought I would be back in an hour. So she grabbed, of all things, a bag of dirty laundry on her way out of the house and got in her car and left. 
The problem was that because of the traffic, she couldn't get into the street to leave. And she waited in her driveway for more than half an hour as the cars were inching forward, but nobody would give her the space to enter into the street, to reverse and get into the, the, the street so that she could leave. And she became very frustrated. She became very angry. First of all, that none of her neighbors came to see if she was okay and if she had left. And second of all, that nobody was letting her leave her house. And so she had really had she, her total her fill of it. She was full of frustration by the time she was able to back out and get in the street. And she says as she's driving in that very tense and angry state, she's looking at other people who are in a similar situation trying to get out in their own driveways, and she's saying, nobody let me in, I'm not going to let them in either, because at this point I've got to worry about my life. And so this is the way she was feeling at that moment, full of anger and full of hatred and full of fear. So she says, I've got to call my daughter to let her know what's going on, and so she dials the number on her phone, but she randomly you know, uh, misdials the number, and she ends up calling somebody else, somebody she didn't know, a random phone number. And a woman, if you can imagine, who woke up uh, in the middle of nowhere at 4 o'clock in the morning about, answers the phone, says, can I help you? And hears the woman's voice on the other end of the line and can tell that she's very distraught, can tell that she's very upset. The woman says, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I have to speak to my daughter. But this woman says, you seem very upset. Can we talk about what's going on? And so she begins to explain what's going on. She's waiting to get out of this neighborhood, which is on fire, and how she couldn't get out of her driveway, and how she doesn't want to help anybody else because she's worried about her own survival. And this woman says, I'm sorry that you're going through this, but let's pray about this together. And so this woman prays with this, uh, the stranger prays, prays with this woman over the telephone in her car. And during the prayer, she feels as though her heart opens up and she realizes that this is a situation that they're all in together and that she shouldn't behave like the people who wouldn't give her what she needed. She needed to behave like the person she needed when she was in trouble. And that's what she did. She led people into the street. She tried to be as generous as possible, regardless of the danger that they were facing. And I felt that this story was a beautiful illustration how even in the darkest of moments, there is, there is a sense that God is with us and intervening on our behalf so that we can be the people that he hopes for us to be, that he envisions us to be in our lives. This passage, I think, is very important because this, this, I, this story is very important as we reflect on the passage in the gospel reading of Luke today. In this gospel reading, Christ is preaching in his hometown in Nazareth, and he reads from the, the prophecy of Isaiah. He opens up the prophecy of Isaiah in the temple, and he says to them, reading directly from the words of Isaiah, that, I have, that, that the, the Holy Spirit is upon me, and that I have come. I have come to give sight to the blind. I have come to comfort those who are suffering. I have come to free those who are enslaved. He reads this passage, he closes the book, and he says to the people who are gathered there, in my reading this, this has been fulfilled, meaning the prophecy has been fulfilled through Christ's reading of this uh, words from Isaiah from some 600 years before. That prophecy was fulfilled through Christ's actions, but that prophecy continues to be fulfilled through the work of the church. If Christ was called to do this, if Christ was called to bring sight to the blind and comfort to those who are suffering and to free those who are enslaved, that mission continues through the work of the Holy Church, which you and I are a part of today. As those people that I visited the other day are suffering, we're meant to comfort them as best as we're able, 
just as Christ would have if he were here today, because we represent Christ through our mission and ministry in this world. But here's the thing. If we're meant to free those who are enslaved or give sight to those who are blind or comfort those who are suffering, then we must first have to look to our own selves, to our own inner lives. If we're going to give sight to those who are blind, then we have to ask ourselves, are we able to see? Are we able to see those who are suffering in their lives, whether externally or internally? Are we able to see the pain that others are experiencing in their lives? Because if we are blind ourselves, then we cannot help others to see. If we're going to free those who are enslaved, we have to ask ourselves, what is enslaving us today? Are we enslaved by our sin? Are we enslaved by our pettiness? Are we enslaved by um, false idols? Are we enslaved by the expectations of the world or our own vanity? If these things enslave us such that we're not free to make the choices that we wish we could, then we must free ourselves so that we can free others from the things that enslave them in their hearts. And if we wish to comfort those who are suffering, we must come to terms also with our own suffering as well, so that we can be those who become a a conduit for the Holy Spirit in the lives of others. Therefore, as we look to a world that's suffering today, and we all know, especially over the past couple months, we've seen so many horrific events take place, whether it be the shootings in Las Vegas, whether they be the hurricanes you know, in Florida or in Texas or in Puerto Rico, or whether they be this event which took place here and others as well, we have to realize that we do have a calling in all of this, an opportunity even as Christians to fulfill our own Christian duty and in doing so, enrich in our spiritual lives and also become part and parcel of the fulfillment of God's promise through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 